you had time off and you went to uh, the, the NYC Invitational and the Blading Cup, or is it the Blader Cup? Um, let's. I want to talk about that. Oh yeah, well, dude. But let me tell you something about laundry. <laughs> okay. So, there's nothing better than getting your laundry done after you haven't done it for so long that you've lost your underwear of choice. It's uh, is it like yeah. un- underwear that you skate really good in, or just underwear that's good uh, in general for life? Well, yeah, I'd say both. <laughs> so, anyways, I I just did some laundry here and um, feeling good about that. It's been a while, but um, but anyway, so yeah, so I went to like um, I went to New York for uh, about ten days. Um, at the very end of my trip, that's when I went to the invite. So I was there for a while, just hanging out. I went to D.C. as well. Dude, I got to skate like in front of the Capitol and do a budzing, ripping line. So that felt tight, you know. <laughs> and is this uh, is this for a video project? I guess we'll talk about that too. No, but did you ever think about skating like at, at the capital of your country? I mean, it's just kind of like it has that like little kid symbolism. I mean, it's a little like lamb rebellion, but dang, it felt cool. Um, I haven't thought of that. I think um, Canada's capital just isn't isn't as badass as uh, as America's capital. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like um, it, it goes with that voting thing that we've got going here. And uh, so it was there was like a monument or what was the spot like? Dude, just, you know what, I'll tell you what, D.C. is actually really good for street skating and all like downtown on like Pennsylvania Street, I believe. It's just like right where the, all the all the Capitol buildings and all the museums are. It's all op- wide open plazas, like granite, you know, like you're kind of like, downtown is like essential downtown skating style stuff you know all these granite ledges and marble ledges and like stair gaps and like just open space you know yeah I clearly remember it from uh, Hoax 2 and that's the first thing that comes to mind right. I remember they skated some stuff that looked like that was there a really long front side there? there was probably a couple of them in you know that like video. On, that, on that ledge that's like, like kind of ankle high and really long yeah, they um yeah. Yeah, yeah. With stairs. It's yeah. like a stair it's, ledge that's really low. Yeah, and really long. But anyway, so so uh, um I was with uh my friend Nick and uh, we went there and I and I got to front side it. I was like a tourist, you know? Like a blade history tourist. It wasn't capped. No, I wasn't capped at all. I couldn't believe it. Was it waxed too? Was it like all freshly or like a coat of uh, old skates on it and everything? Oh, well, it was just caked from years and years and years, you know? Oh, there's something like about... Just, it was ledges. just, like, black, you know? Oh, ledges like that feel so good. Like, yeah. disintegrated skates, decades worth of them. Yeah, true, that's true. So you're you're balancing a frontside at a, at a legendary skate tourist ledge in Washington, D.C. What... What's your frontside stance like when you do? I think, I think it's kind of like the same way that I set slide down hills, like, 
like UFO. Yeah, that's, that's how I do them too. And it, is there a lot of arm waving, or is it a very? Did you do it with like where you just hold the one body position? It was, it was pretty steady. Feels maybe, good. Yeah, maybe like one adjustment. And uh, how how many stairs was this ledge? I don't know. It was long though. Will we see this? Will the listeners and myself be able to see this? I don't know, because it wasn't filmed on my camera. Oh. Um, so you skated the Capitol, and you mm-hmm. got to skate New York. Was this this was before the actual invitational competition happened? You you yeah. did some some spot cruising and some some uh, filming skating. Yeah, I mean. I I didn't skate like every day, but I was in when I was on the East Coast in New York for most of the time. I was skate. I probably I skated um, you know, like three or four times before the competition. Did that fuck you up at all in terms of soreness or injuries um, or anything? You know, like traveling just like as as a human being. It, it does take a toll on me like because it makes me like I think they were talking about this on the last podcast but it's like how when you go to a new place like you're stripped of all your stuff that defines you and then you're just kind of people look at you blankly you know yeah and I think like that plus yeah definitely was skating and getting sore probably like wore me out yeah, I, I was like pretty worn out at the New York comp. But uh, the, I love how they touched on um, just little simple things like uh, maybe you lost a few hours of sleep or maybe you haven't been drinking water. That stuff always happens when I'm on trips for skating. I just forget simple stuff. Yeah, that totally and I, affects I, it. yeah, and I drink too much too on trips. Oh well, it's so hard not to. Well, so what's uh. On a regular night of drinking, um, do you keep it within reason, and do you balance it out with water, or how many drinks does Kevin Yee have on a, on an average night? I'm I'm totally a lightweight. Um, like if I have five drinks, and I'm always trying to drink water at the same time. If I have five drinks, I'm, you know, I'm getting there. I'm, you know, I better chill. That's a good number, actually. I try and do around that number, and. It's hard to remember to drink water though, because you're so excited. Yeah, but it sucks though, because I'm like a puker. So when I get when I could go to five and a half and end up puking, you know. Oh shit! And then that'll uh, definitely set up some shitty feelings for the next day. Skating with a hangover is really hard. I, I'll just sometimes skip it out completely. Skating. Dude, how you been though? It's been a while then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What? Don't you know it's been a while then, Joey? Oh, <laughs> it has been a yeah. while. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been really good, really good. Um, going through a big uh, life transition. I just uh, announced leaving the company that I started and been filming yeah. for the new uh, mushroom blading. Oh, word. And... Uh, I spray painted my skates black, which is always liberating. And I got—I took my skates to a bootmaker and got the the 
lace loops reinforced so I can crank the laces even tighter. That was pretty oh, that's badass. Brilliant. It, it was cool. Like uh, the dude looked at the the skates and and was like a a wizard of making boots, and he knew exactly what he needed to do, and actually like reinforced another part of them. So I highly recommend anyone who um, feels like they can't tie their laces as tight because they're worried about breaking lace holes, yeah. which is something I always do. To you can I never thought of taking skates to a boot maker, but I'm gonna do that, dude. You know I keep I want to get like the strongest velcro possible you know that kind of thing oh yeah this dude would have no like he looked at the material like, he knew what the materials were on the skates and he had fixed so many bizarre boots over so many years and he said that uh or they said that at the boot place that rollerblades are nothing compared to some of the like motocross boots that they have to fix like some really technical heavy stuff so yeah for sure take them in and a bootmaker would know probably some secret. Yeah, I would just say, hey, how do I make these a little bit more whatever, you know? Yeah, Shadows uh, no. were the worst for that. The, the Solomon um, Velcro was a little bit better, but if you just, in general, Velcro, doesn't really matter what material it was. It was the worst if you would land and it would come open. Does that happen to you? Yeah, that's definitely a problem. Um, one thing I did, which I should do, I'm just lazy, but, um, one thing I've done is to, like, drill a little hole in the strap or, you know, in the back. Yeah. And then, um, put a string through it and just tie it. <laughs> I know it sounds ghetto, but I've done that a lot in the past. There was, a, uh, I think shop task I'm not totally sure maybe someone can leave it in the comments there was like a bike messenger bag from a bike store next to shop task in Toronto that was I think experimenting with making straps for shadows possibly so it's another any like place that works with materials intense materials because you don't want to do the string thing that's no good as the Shadow 2.0, does it have better Velcro? Have you seen this Velcro? Um, I've seen it, but I can't say, you know, because I haven't ridden them. Why or not? I rode them around the park once, but yeah. You should be getting some of the first pairs that are sent out. Um, yeah, I think I'm getting a pair um, around December or something. It's exciting. Have you actually put them on your? F You've only just seen them, then. You haven't put them on your foot. I, I put them on my feet. When I tried on, um, I tried on farmers. Oh yeah, and uh, did they feel any different or? Dude, way different. Really? Yeah, way different. Like you have to get used to it. Different. What? And is that the way that they flex, or because of the one piece sole? Well, I think the one-piece sole is a great idea. I can see how that's going to like really make it feel a lot more solid on the bottom because all those flex points in the bottom of it suck. Yeah, um, that's true. And But what I noticed most intensely was the, um, the two-piece cuff. That so when, when you flex, you can, you can like point your toe and flex all the way forward too. Oh, you wow. Know? 
Like, you know when you put your knee, if you jut your knee over your foot? Yeah. Which is, like, bad technique or whatever, you know? That's essential but, for me. <laughs> but me too. If you do that, it, like, especially, like, while riding fakie, right? Yeah. You can get deep in it, you know? That's awesome. So, so yeah, it's and the other thing that that does is a lot of the reason why the straps were popping open was because um, that one-piece cuff, whenever you would lean forward like we're talking about, it would put that pressure on the whole, on the straps. Yeah, I hadn't actually thought of that before. Did you do that? I think you must put your uh, straps up quite tight then. Do you, oh, do you... I, I put mine as tight as possible. Are you serious? I always put my shadow, or the top of skates in general, I, I don't do them up very loose. And then I do the instep and the toe up pretty tight. Instep always the tightest. And then loose around the top. I, I don't know uh, why, but... Yeah. Wow, yeah, you would rip Velcro, not rip it, but the Velcro would get weaker much quicker from... I don't never really think about that. Like, do you did you ever skate with people growing up, or or know of people who don't do their skates up super loose at the top? People who do their skates up loose at the top. Yeah, like I always thought that uh, Latimer was someone who looked like he had his skates a lot looser at the top. Oh. Hmm. I'm not sure. Was that the whole tongue thing to make it look like that? No, it's just uh it's like a preference thing that that uh I skate really really weird and take some bizarre falls if I if I do the the ankle part of my skate up really tight. It must be coming from hockey that hockey skates are lower cut. Yeah. And I never did them up super tight at the top that I needed yeah. that ankle mobility, so maybe yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, I think well I I didn't really like hockey skates when I was a kid. I got a pair because I thought it was cool, but I preferred the rec skate with the higher cuff even back then. <laughs> Shit, well, maybe I should I was just like try. six, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Always liked the higher cuff since I was six. <laughs> it is a, and is the, is the Shadow 2 cuff a little bit higher, or is it about the same height? Not sure. I think it's about the same height. Yeah. But the whole skate is slimmer too, so that's cool. Way more ninja. Yeah, it. There's a mental thing that if your skates are slimmer, it doesn't even matter if they're light or not. If they just look slimmer when you look down, mm-hmm. mentally you feel more. More. More ninja is more important. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so Washington D.C., um, New York street skating. Yeah. Um, drinking. You did some drinking. Who who did you hang out with? Did you have a posse in, in New York? Yeah, I mean, I just was hanging out with um, different people that I kind of like. I know outside of skating, and um, and then a little bit like like Jason Greendike, someone that you might know of. Oh yeah, he has a really good section in. Is it the Shock video and one of the Apple videos? Yeah, and RAPSF. Yeah. But, so Jay's um Jay's got also a like we've been filming lately for my new video and he's got a section in that. And Wait. He's, he's already done with it. Holy and, shit. This hasn't been public yet. This your new video. Oh no, but I'm totally down. I've been talking to all my homies about it. I just, you know. 
People need to know though. This is this is an announcement. Do you have a name for this video? Yeah, the, the video is called "Stay Fakey." <laughs> that's a re that's a really good title. Thanks, <laughs> it's it has kind of a few meanings to it almost too. Yeah, there's a lot of meaning to it. <laughs> so stay fakey. How long have you been filming for? Well, it's uh, about a year. Wow. Probably a year in January, I guess. Yeah. So a year in January, under a year. Obviously, you and Jay Greendike, and who else? can we expect well you you'll be getting um uh thomas mcgovern Sick. uh john vasugi oh shit um tyler noland um who's a really sick uh blader um that he'll be kind of coming out in this video you know not, not a lot of people have heard of him san, Fran san francisco san francisco yeah, he also was a um, nationally ranked wrestler in high school. So you come, he comes tough. You know, he's definitely beat up a few people out here already. Holy shit! Yeah, was it rollerblading uh, related? It's like if you chill with Tyler, you know, two people have got your back because he like counts as two. You know. <laughs> so let me get on though. Um, Danny, mom. Expect to see an ender of Danny Mom. Oh wow! He'll be closing out the video, um, coming in with his hardest section to date. It's already the, his hardest section to date, and he's still got four more months to film for it. Holy shit! Because his shock he's video section is pretty hard. Yeah, well, this one's even harder. <laughs> his skating is awesome. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of uh, power and emotion that comes through. Yeah, and I yeah. can't reference He's, anyone who's like him either. I can't think of any skater that gives me the feeling of watching a Danny Malm section. I'll definitely tell him you said that. What is it about drawing that you connect with so much? Um. Well, the part of drawing I like the most is just like spontaneous drawing. You know. To the point where it's kind of like that Pollock thing, where you're just you're just drawing so fast that it's like, what, you don't even know what you're drawing as it's becoming something, and then as it's becoming that thing, you break off and become something else unexpected. So it's like this Satori type thing that they talk about in Buddhism. Which is uh, explains Satori for anyone who doesn't know. Dude, I should probably look it up because it's been a while. Wouldn't it be like, isn't it like a perfect moment? Yeah, I think so. It's just kind of like this, you're completely, I, I guess I would say... Flow state. Yeah, flow states. Of, yeah, exactly. Flow state. It's like, you're completely present. <laughs> you know? Drawing's a good way to do that. Skating's the same thing, like uh, how, you know, your hand's attached to a pen attached to a paper or your foot is inside of a skate that's attached to the ground yeah and that and it's all there's actually a deep connection between like rollerblading and calligraphy holy shit never thought of that you do you know how to do calligraphy i'm trying to learn right now just because my friend yolanda one of my dear friends is the one who was like to, who told me that 
and I didn't realize it at all, and I was like, holy shit, I should learn how to do calligraphy. So is it about the, the technique of calligraphy? Well, I think it's like you got a blade, you know, and you got a pen tip, and you're kind of pressing into it and weaving into it and creating lines. And uh, if you know calligraphy, you can make the ultimate letters and cards for girlfriends. Yeah. You gotta learn. We all gotta learn calligraphy. I do. I can't handwriting. I don't even know if I could do proper handwriting anymore. Like, do you practice handwriting? Handwriting? What? Like, uh, there's printing, and then there's handwriting. The more elegant style of of writing. Handwriting. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. you can you still do it? Handwriting, yeah. You can? Shit. Like cursive? Is that what it's called? Is it different in, in the US or in Canada? I don't know. You know when it's all like um, more feminine and the letters just kind of like flow together? Yeah. That's what we call cursive. Cursive? Cursive. Cursive. It's called handwriting in Canada. Maybe Maybe I should know what is cursive. Let's go into your experience of the NYC Invitational, how you felt during and after. And I guess you could you could just tie it in with the, the blading cup if you want, if those things kind of mold together for you. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk about kind of your experience of those in relation to how you're experiencing skating right now. And maybe... Uh, if that ties into the kind of the shift that maybe we're all feeling in skating right now, because I'm I 100% feel strongly that there's a lot of good shit happening right now in skating. So with all I that, agree. yeah, I agree 100,000%. <laughs> Did you feel it then? Uh, yeah. During- let me let me see. Let me tell you, let me read something. Okay. Joey. Yes. Right before right before we started this podcast, I was thinking while I was putting away my laundry, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was taken by this thought about the desire to be the best, you know? Yeah. And how that fed into the idea of like that we have in our culture of like a favorite blader. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then I'm th- and then I was thinking that um now that the desire to be the best is fading away and the artistic element like the indefinable element is being valued and since there are an infinity of different ways to blade for oneself um the favorite will be kind of like among the many, you know? Yeah, I love that. I you can feel that with uh a lot of the stuff that's been going up. I mean, there's always a lot of shit that goes online, but there's a lot of really good stuff to connect with now. And it definitely has that individual feel more than being completely blown away saying something is the best. Anyways. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, people are, I think as a culture, we're growing up just that little bit more to the point where no one really feels like they have to prove themselves as much at all, 
that's really healthy too. Yeah. And I think that's going to lead to more and more and more diversity, which is great. Yeah, it seems like even in that that Fish Guys 2 edit is a great example of how different everyone looked when they were skating. Yeah. You could really... I mean, there was no names on the screen or anything, but I'm sure just someone who watched that could tell some of them apart, the styles. Oh, yeah. Um, And then... Okay, so who who won who won the NYC Invitational? John Bellino. John Bellino won, and it was the five like the highlight trick was the five forty ledge roll thing. Although CJ, holy shit, that med spin seven twenty. Yeah. What was Both. it? Both like a uh, lot really distinct styles. Yeah. Um, what was it like seeing um? CJ skate in person if you hadn't seen him skate before in person because I haven't I've seen him skate in person a lot you have yeah what it probably looks even faster in person than it is on video I've only seen him in I've only seen him at skate parks you know at competitions yeah Uh, but he's um, It's almost not even his speed that blows me away. It's like the fucking like the way he'll like crank his way out of spins and just with so much power and like I don't know. He it's like he he's definitely like works works on a different like I don't know thing than than most everybody else. Is that um it's hard to describe, I guess. Because we've talked about it on previous podcasts. Are you closer to my height? Are you closer to six feet? You're a taller? A taller? I'm six feet. Okay. Yeah. Does he have the short short advantage? Short, shorter oh, yeah, advantage? Yeah. yeah, he's short and wide and like powerful. That's the that's the rollerblading body. Yeah, he's like a ball. God damn it. So okay, what is the tall what are the tall advantages again, if you can remind me from your perspective? No, what'd you say? Tall, tall, tall advantages. Oh, tall advantages are mainly expressive. Um, like the longer limbs you have, the 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 more noticeable your lines are going to be, the lines of your body. And it's like a ballet dancer, you know. Then you want height, you want long legs, you want all that, right? So in terms of expressiveness, like you get a skater like Gabriel Hyden, who's kind of considered to be one of the most stylish skaters, farmer, you know, these really tall guys. And it, you just have to be, if you're going to be tall, you have to be really fucking clean. Uh, John Elliott was tall. Yeah, yeah. I'm tall and I totally do uh, feminine stuff. And, and not in a bad way, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm closer to a ballet style. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's that just that element where the bigger the person is, the easier it is to see, like, what they're doing, you know, and like uh, how, how they look. If if we tried to imitate like a smaller ball of energy style of skating, that explosive, we just couldn't do it. It just wouldn't work. No. Like, have you ever, like, can we even do, do you have explosive spins out of grinds? Um, 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, not. I want to. I don't know. I mean, I kind of know how to work with what I've got. You know. Yeah, I totally relate to that. When was the last time you five forty out of a grind? Um, I could do that. I can do that pretty regularly. What's your go-to grind for the five forty out of? Probably just like a soul. Yeah, me too. Me too. Royale, Royale. Mm, I would rather just do a frontside. Frontside five forty out feels really good. Yeah. There's kind of a kickback. Yeah. Did you uh, did you love that thing that uh, Rob G said about? He was talking about um, doing a quick fakie and then turning forward and doing a five forty. How it changes yeah. the feel. Yeah, absolutely. That would give you a lot of momentum. I never think about stuff like that. Um, yeah. I love that they were talking about shit like that. Have you had any profound realizations? lately in skating movement wise let's see I've been really getting good at uh, switch shoulder oh shit switch fakie yeah I'm switch I'm switch fakie carving in bowls that's serious business have you uh, last time I tried that it felt really dangerous in terms of like slamming against the, yeah. the wall yeah yeah you just you know what I've been working on it I I worked. I tried it for a while, and it was just like this is impossible. Then I just practiced like on the street a lot, you know, just skating backwards over the switch shoulder for a while. And then I've been revisiting lately, and it's and it's okay, you know. And uh, would you recommend? Uh, yeah, so just skating down the sidewalk. If anyone wants to learn, is that the best best way to do it? Just on flat flat ground. Oh yeah, you should start on flat ground, of course, rather than like trying to learn in a bowl. <laughs> What what is that about it feeling? Is that like a left brain right brain thing, that when you look over your opposite shoulder and you go around like a bull edge, yeah, it feels so disorienting. Yeah, yeah. It's um. I don't think it's just left brain right brain. I think a lot of it also is is in like people are imbalanced throughout their body, and it creates like a tendency to look over one side and that gets really expressed but then that actually creates on the other side like a lack of openness holy shit so I always think about how my uh, one of my legs is shorter than the other one from doing so many soul grinds is, yeah. there, any, is there any truth to that possibly wait what did you say am I breaking no just I just kind of maybe just a little, but what'd you oh. say? Like, uh, do you ever feel like one of your legs is shorter than the other one because you've done so many grinds on it? Oh, that's a. Um. You know, I have, I had never thought about it with grinds that way. Maybe that's true, but I just I know that I've had chiropractors who said my legs were different lengths and they had to adjust them. Because uh, I, I feel that in yoga with uh, hips and balance. That, but I've heard that skating or not, um, we have imbalanced bodies. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine a skateboarder who's like pushing off one leg? Holy shit! No. <laughs> no, is that it's fairly normal if you're skateboarding to just push off the one leg, or I mean. I think 
more one than the other. Oh, shit. I hope, I don't know, maybe I'll get my legs stretched out or something like that. Um, have you been doing much yoga lately? Um, I mean, I've done a lot of yoga this year, but like lately I've just been doing a lot of physical therapy and chiropractic stuff. So that's been my recent kick. Is that from um, your injury from the shock video or just in general? No, I'm actually just trying to become like stronger, better, you know. And uh, what have you learned in this uh, in this therapy stuff? Well, um, just that my mid-back's pretty locked up and that I needed to get it more flexible and then get it stronger and and then and what that and get my abs stronger too and then work on like it's just always the same thing it's always learning how to squat is it okay so what you're talking about the knees not going over the the skates is that that causes sway back well i mean the yeah well i mean the i don't know about the knees and the level of the skates it's, it's more just like whether when you land do you um, take a lot of impact in your back, you know? And if you do that, usually the way it looks is you throw your back down, like your head almost touches the ground almost, you know, and your knees don't bend. Oh, shit. That's a... I'll have to look at some of my recent skating. I mean, it's like it, it's like ideal landings, like someone like Frankie Morales, you know? Yep. Like, and then all the way up to the most stand-up skater ever, you know, whoever that is. Well, uh, does that is that the height thing again? As taller skaters, do we have a different posture? You know what? I, I think it does, but I'm not really sure because anyone seems... It's possible for anyone to, like, reach that change, you know? Like, if you look at Rob G, like, Rob used to, like, not squat as much, and he was one of the first players to kind of actually, through yoga and stretching and working out or whatever he's been doing, he's, like, now he's skating differently. He's all centered, and he, like, lands squatting, and it's, like, pretty amazing to, to see him change his complete, you know, stance. Yeah, because it'd be so hard to... It would have to be through getting to know your body better. You couldn't just start to do that or else it would look really almost fake. But he does it so naturally. Yeah. So when you said roller, were you meaning like foam roller? Oh, the foam roller, dude. Yes, every day. Every day. Holy that shit. That thing is great. Love so it. Profound. It's been, uh, it's been a big help. I haven't got one yet, but I remember uh, it was Rob. Rob G was the one that I heard about doing foam roller yeah the fo I got I got the foam roller um, from uh, from just from, like physical therapists and stuff and chiropractors and then I mean pretty much everybody uses the foam roller you know the uh, foam roller you gotta have one mainly for do you just use it everywhere or is it really like my lower back would be my main spot but do you use it for legs and yeah i mean you can use it um you can use it for your back most people use it for their back um and they lay lay on it parallel to their body and also perpendicular when it's like parallel you roll on it you know and you work on stuff 
And then, like, one thing that's good for skaters is, um, like, working out your IT band. So you go on your side, and you put, and you roll from, like, the bottom of your, your knee up up your thigh, you know, and up your leg to, like, your kind of hip bone. And you just go back and forth right there, and you work out all that tension from your hips, which is, like, in your body from the impact. Oh, shit. Did you spill something? You really, like, Oh no! I just like tapped this water, and goodness, it didn't spill. <laughs> How much is a foam roller, and where can where can we purchase them from? You can get them online directly to you, or you can go to any sporting goods store, and they're probably under twenty dollars. Probably like ten bucks on Amazon, man. Come on. Shit! I gotta get one. So that's what you were saying. You'll be drawing, and if you're if you're not feeling it, you'll just roll for a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm, lately, I'm like, dude. You know, remember when you put me on to that Duncan Trussell podcast and Joe Rogan, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's like the last time we talked. Like we, I emailed you about that, and you hit me with those, right? Yeah. I got deep in that shit. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I really got it. I really got into Duncan Trussell. You got it, DuncanTrussell.com. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh I got into him through the Rogan podcast, but I find myself gravitating towards his podcast more. And yeah. uh and that yeah, I saw I saw him live just recently and uh it was really awesome. It was uh it was weird. There's a there's a little bit of like uh still like in the structure of stand-up comedy, there's something more pure about the podcast, but um it was the energy of the people that went to go see him was so interesting. It definitely reminded me of like uh, rollerblading get-togethers. That there's like a people can create movements and and attract like-minded individuals. So what is it about Duncan Trussell? Like, have you got into certain stuff through listening to his podcast, or you know, I'll tell you what it is. Um, like. It's it's mostly just like it's allowed me to get back in touch with spirituality, I think. That's a big one for me too. Because like um basically like you get to a point where you're kind of over like I'm just going to go become a Christian now or I'm just going to go become a Buddhist now, you know? You're kind of like okay, I'm just me, right? And this is just the future now, you know? Um, and then it's like, okay, then are we going to be new agey? And then it's like, yeah, but new agey just sounds so lame. So what you do is you get on DuncanJustle.com and you listen to that guy and he makes fun of it constantly. Like it's just a total joke to him. He just like shits all over it. But at the same time, the structure, uh, the meaning of what his words are is still saying the same goddamn thing you know which is like that new age message of like all religions are one um there's like other dimensions um i think he says he says the multiverse which is like i think it's like ev all these universes happening at once at the same time you know just like spinning into infinity you know <laughs> and it's like and it does really get you down into that like um like we're really alive right now 
space, you know, get there. And it's like really rad. Like like being a live human at this moment, it's just it it's on mushrooms whether you take them or not, you know? That sort of thing. Definitely. His his uh fearlessness and his uh enthusiasm is very infectious. Yeah. And he you know, he's he's definitely searching, you know? And it's admirable. He's uh he's really good at reminding like because I've kind of been on a similar path right now that it's so hard to be in touch with the the spiritual side at all times and it's you can stray and you know you can try and imagine your life where you're in it all the time but the pace of the world right now and and the way life is it's so hard to uh to be in it all the time like we've said before it's so romantic to try and think of going to a meditation retreat or into the forest for an extended period of time, but if you came back, you would just end up at the same place you were. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's... I've been struggling a lot with that lately. Even just like, yeah, health and spirituality are the two things that I know when I've felt my best, I've been at my most spiritual and... uh and my healthiest but then at the same time when I'm in that space I feel like I'm missing out on other areas of life it's that that back and forth yeah yeah I think that that like that's just why do we go from an up mood to a down mood you know and there's all this like science and um, different chemicals that people use to try to like you know, control their moods, you know, and the whole thing is just like sort of a sham, I think, because um, it's like just accepting that, you know, like one, there's there's this, um, I read this book about like, um, about like uh, meditation and depression, and it was like just saying when you look at your moods, um, just uh, look at them like, like, like you're looking at the sky and the weather's changing, you know. The observer. Like, be the observer, you know. And when you start to kind of like step back and like reconnect with that higher self, you know, then you know you can see. Uh, you can just you can just live through those like. Um, you know those that weather, and then once you start doing that, you can start to like, um, you know, build a little house and like get and figure out like how to you know make things more comfortable for yourself or how to like how to, how to, I don't know. It's like once you st- sort of steady the storm and you kind of take that step back into the higher self. It's crazy how much power you have over your life, but just like seeing it is the hard part. It's so hard to try try and make time to meditate, but it's the easiest fucking thing at the same time. Yeah. To, to you know meditate. What I, you, know, you know what's a good one, though? Is um, mantras. You, uh, you have some and you... What's yeah. Your, you, what's your practice with that? Well, you can say anything, whatever you want, you know? And you just can, you just repeat it. 
And um, so, like, if you want to feel like, if you want to reconnect with, like, love, you know, and you're feeling like a, like an asshole, then say, I am love, you know, I am love, I am love. And then you'll you'll say it, and it'll sound, like, ridiculous, you know? <laughs> there was this crazy one once where uh, I've tried, I love trying everything. I love trying everything. This is, this sounds so lame, but if you ever try and do this, it gives you the weirdest feeling. There was this one where you look at yourself in the mirror and you tell yourself, I love you. And it's yeah. the most bizarre feeling in the world because you feel so lame. But yeah. after you do it, you feel so good. There's so much fear yeah. behind it. You know, I'll try that one later tonight. But uh, I also would suggest the self-hug. That one's good. I do that one quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I should be doing that more often. <laughs> I've been doing that one more, actually, since I've switched to the uh, the stand-up desk at home. Oh, shit. Nice. Nice move, dude. That's probably be- that's way better for you. Um, yeah, I hope at when I get like a 9 to 5 that they can just let me. There's like a few old skate boxes and, and some drawers and stuff stacked. But um, I found myself like moving a lot, and uh, <clears throat> the self hug will happen. And uh, for the the stuff that you were talking about that that's sore for skating, it's really helped my core the most. Like when I go out skating, since having a stand up desk, my core feels better than it's ever been. I'm much more aware of how I have to engage it when I stand. Yeah. To not have a sore back, but. Um, the biggest one that I've that I'm trying to learn is uh, tucking the tailbone is is hard from skating. Yeah, like uh, yeah. skating is an activity where you stick your ass out whether you know it or not. To actually like have it tucked underneath, yeah, is really hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, it's like it's like trying to reach like Nirvana. I'll always seek it. You know. <laughs> Tucking the tailbone, yeah, or whatever you know. <laughs> you you have to uh, you have to try mushrooms, Kevin. I haven't. You have to though. Oh yeah, I will. Um, I, I feel if you ever do them, don't do them in any super social situation. It's got to be in nature. It's got to no, be when you're camping. Gonna be, it's going to be a ritual. It's going to be a ritual. Yeah. Do you uh do you have anybody or any place where you could get them in I'm just waiting for them to pop up the right time yeah I mean I've been ready for a while but I'm not in a big rush I was seeking them you know I was seeking them but then I kind of got to the point where everything that I like needed all the answers that I needed like in like life I just kind of like feel like I got them recently you did really (laughs) It's crazy, yeah. Holy shit. Did that have to do with the the skate trip recently, or was it before or after? No, I mean, it's just like, I just kind of let go of a lot of things, you know, and I think I was seeking those drugs to get myself to do that, but I just kind of did it on my own through travel and through, like, I don't know, everything. The closest... The closest... But there's this... Okay, go ahead. It's, there's this quote that Brian Kranz gave me because I was over hanging out. He's like my neighbor, and I was hanging out with him, and he like gave me this quote off his wall, and it says, um, 
fall in love with some activity and do it. Nobody ever figures out what life is all about and it doesn't matter. Don't think about what you want to be but what you want to do. And so I just been thinking so much about that last part. Don't think about what you want to be but what you want to do. And I've been letting what I want to do guide my actions. And it's kind of like put me in a place where rollerblading is no longer like my number one priority. It's just one of my many priorities, you know? Fuck. When I hit on that one, my life just shot up big time. Yeah. It's fucking great. I love it. And skating's more fun than ever. That And uh, Matthew Ledoux touched on that, actually, that um, there was so... <laughs> So many heavy emotions that I carried for so long because of that. <laughs> that I I really over-identified with being a rollerblader yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And um, everything got better. Rollerblading got way better when I stopped doing that. And I, and I, it's not rollerblading. It's I hear like when talking to my girlfriend and other people that over-identifying with something is just rampant everywhere yeah um so how do you apply that to you know just when you every day when you go to work has that changed your your experience of just going to make a paycheck well yeah i mean actually since i went through that change i don't work isn't really as bad i see it for what it is you know yeah and uh has it changed you know, like uh, interactions or what? what's changed about it? Is it just, it's lighter? It feels lighter? feels a lot lighter. It doesn't feel like, um, it doesn't feel, you know, I'm just there and I'm, I'm probably a little more sociable. I've probably made a few more friends. I'll smile at a few more people lately. That's a big one. Yeah. I've been hanging out with people on my lunch breaks. Usually, like, I'm kind of what kind of like a loner on my lunch breaks but I've been I've been making some friends and um and that's been really fun. So what's the underlying you're more engaged with the moment now or yeah, much more present. How did work feel before you you had these changes? Like an ice? What? Like a ice, like a chest. Oh. <laughs> Shit. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, did you think of it as something you were just doing to get to another place? Well, I was just doing it like because I I was doing it because it was like a good situation for me to push my rollerblading in. And that was skating on the weekends, working yeah. during the weekdays, maybe skating the night times and yeah. and having good insurance. That one's important. And enough money to live in SF, which is where I've been wanting to skate. And then what changed in skating? You felt more free? Oh, lately or before? What do you mean? Yeah. What was the change? How did how did skating change for you with, with that change? So if, if work... Oh, work, oh yeah. Got how, they got how work got lighter... Yeah, if work got lighter, yeah, which is oh, like yeah. 
Like, yeah. It's... Sorry. Like work, if work gets lighter, because I've been, I've gone through like a similar thing where I, work just seems so terrible and I wasn't as engaged in it. Yeah. And then skating, I would look f- so forward to skating on the weekends and filming. Yeah. And if that didn't work out, then work would get even worse. Yeah. Um, and then there was this really light feeling where I connected with skating on a new level that was a, a lot more pure and a, a lot more related to when I first tried skates. So. Oh yeah, you know what, dude? I'm I'm definitely having like. Um. I think. Uh, yeah, since Blade Cup, my skating has felt a lot different. And in what way? Well, it's just like I just don't. I guess I got nothing to prove. <laughs> you know. Brought it back to that. What? That's uh, that's what's taking skating into new places for many people. Yeah, yeah. and I mean it's not. I don't even think it's that. It's not the Blade Cup was kind of like a, a final, like, like that was like icing on the cake, you know. And the the cake was just kind of like, you know, we've talked about this before. My goal to kind of like realize a specific vision I had for my skating, um, which was like the shock section, you know. And after that, I was like, I don't even know what to do now, you know. And then now. I'm just relishing in the fact that I don't know what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> At first I was like this is weird. I don't have any vision. I don't know what to do. Like like I don't want to for a while I just start to get try to get better skating and traditionally, you know? Yeah. I just try to get better at that cuz I'm like, well, I don't know what to do, so I might as well just go back to sharpen the swords like the rest of the dudes, you know? <laughs> so, so I did that for a while and then you know, lately it's just getting so funny because I'm like I'm on this mission to fit, to fit, film this video, right? Yeah. So I can't get hurt because I'm the main dude. No one else is gonna do what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> so I can't get hurt, but I, you know, I'm I love to get clips. You know, I I get stoked. You know, I'm just like, oh fuck yeah, let's get this clip. You know, and I've always had that and that that love of documenting what we do, you know, it just takes it up a level, makes it interesting, you know, and, uh, so I can't get hurt, right? So all the tricks I'm doing are just like, I'll get like one clip a day, right, when I go out filming Danny, and, um, it'll just be something that takes me about two tries, maybe, you know, it's still a clip. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like the other day I rolled a a rail, but it was capped. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I rolled over a capped rail, and Holy it was like a rail downstairs. Was it square? What kind of a rail was this? Square. It was like a banister. Holy shit! Skinny. You couldn't have two feet on it. You didn't get that in two tries. What? You didn't get that in two tries. I got it every try, just first try. <laughs> You can't do you can't fuck up on rolls, man. You kind of can. Well, you can you I mean, can f- actually you can feel it out. You're right. You're right. How are you going to mess up on a roll? The way I see it like if you jump onto that thing and balance your weight on top of it, you're either doing it or you're dying. You're right. 
You're very right. I was just thinking of some <laughs> pussy little ones that I've been doing at skate parks. Well, I guess. I mean, if it's downstairs and steep, then it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a limited number one, number of those in my life. I might have already done all the ones I really want to do. Yeah. You know, like that's just, to me, that's just little like leaps, you know. Whew. <laughs> I'm okay. starting to get pretty comfortable with them, you know. That's, so. it's somewhere that, uh, ha- apart from uh, you, Andy Cruz, John Elliott and uh, Thomas Thomas Martin is that his yeah. name? There's uh, nobody. There's nobody really taking it in that direction. John Bellino, five forty AL Pro. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, you're seeing that shit from everybody. It's just less pronounced, you know. That's right. Sean Kels. Sean Kels. So 360 roll, boom, you know? You're really seeing it popping up, you know? Some people focus on it a lot more, you know? It is becoming so the, part of the language. Oh, Leon did one too. And how great is that, dude? How obvious is that? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course we're going to do rolls. That should be like the first thing you learn. <laughs> it's one first of the- trick. It's very obvious. It's very obvious. Leon has done a really cool one, like on thin little square skate park rails. He's done like alley toe rolls to forward. Yeah, that's cool. Like once it, people can start doing like toe and heel rolls backwards yeah. and forwards. Yeah. On rails. So and those are so hard. Like people, there is a little bit of a history to heel rolls and shit down stuff, but it's it's almost. It's almost kind of like ender type, not ender, like outro clips, you know? Definitely. Well, and the fact that if you wanted to get really weird, uh, you could slide also on the wheels, toe and heel yeah. wheels, down rails. But that's like probably it's about as dangerous as you can get. Unless Are you, you like a front side with the toes? Just like huh. you could jump over a rail and try and pud slide with your toe wheel. It's possible, but but the chances of fucking up is are, are very high. That sounds insane. It's doable. You know, you know what I've been thinking about lately? You know, Chris Edwards, when he used to go, he still can do it. He'll go up on a vert ramp and, like, grind along on his wheels. Yeah. On back wheels? Like, is he on his cuff or is he on his wheels? Um, It's a good question. Um, I put two of those in the in the perspectives on mushroom blading edit. When he does yeah. it on the toes, he's on like his toe caps, like he's actually on the plastic. For the heel okay. one, I think he's sliding on the wheels. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause like that thing is so tight, and all that is is core strength. Yeah, and you could tell the way that his back was when he would do the heel one specifically is like he had really good posture yeah <laughs> yeah because I was thinking about those and I'm like damn I want to learn that it's it's interesting how many uh, revolutions and tricks just never happened that could have yeah. happened yeah you see like a little bit of toe and heel roll stuff here and there and uh, the the stair taps that Jeremy Morris yeah. Did. Farmer did a couple of those. 
yeah. in that edit. That's like, I don't think I've ever even done one of those. Have you done one of those? Like where you tap the, the top stair and then jump on something? Never successfully. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely like tried, you know? <laughs> and have we talked about like stair riding to grinds? Like no one's ever really done a super solid fakie stair ride down halfway down a set of stairs to like outspin soul yeah. on a handrail. Has that been done? Are you there? Yeah. Oh. No, I mean, yeah, stair bash, yeah, all day. You <laughs> 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 need to see more of that. If you're out there and you've got the skills, I've been trying to, how do you do fakie one foot alley-oop stair bash, dude? How oh, do you do that? <laughs> I got some hot shit. I how do you do that? How? Um... Uh, faith. There's a lot of faith involved, and uh, it's a lot of forward lean. You imagine it like you're doing an alley oop toe roll. It's like the same weight placement, but it's a little bit more center. It's about the ball of the foot, and you kick the leg back too. <sighs> it's not like you're doing an alley oop macchio. It's like you're doing um. It's totally one of those uh dancey weight placements so the only way I can explain it does it have to be a steep set um no no it's speed is important because if you're going fast enough and you feel like your legs gonna fall you'll get to the bottom of the set in time like you can skip the last three sets so yeah. you go really fast and it's the forward lean the ball of the foot um I don't know I've yeah, seen man, a... that's a good noise too. <laughs> the noise? Yeah. It makes an amazing noise, but your uh, your frames and wheels and everything have to be screwed in tight. Like n noisy shit's not gonna work. Man, my skates are in such nasty shape right now. You gotta <coughs> you gotta tighten them up. <laughs> like, are they noisy? Huh? Are they noisy? Well, I think I just need new wheels. Yeah. What, what, uh. I've got some major, like, I've got, you know, when you go, you take your wheels and you ride them on the one side and then you flip them and then you ride them on the other side. Yeah. And they just start getting so small that, like, your one, well, in my case, my one anti rocker wheel starts to make noise at skate parks. Oh, that's no good. I gotta get some new wheels, huh? Damn, I gotta make that order. Gotta do that tomorrow at work. Okay, check. I'll hook you up. Yeah? Yeah. What do you want? I got <laughs> what you want. <laughs> I'll take some eulogies or some cosmos. Oh, shit. I uh, only uh, have face. You got face? Word. Send them. <laughs> what, do, uh, what do you... You ride... Um, do you ride six wheels, right? I ride... I ride uh, six. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll do a private transaction. Sorry, industry, you've Word. lost this one. Word. No, I'm still gonna get the other ones too. I need a lot of wheels. Okay. Yeah. Have you tried the face wheels? Oh, it's been centuries. They're good. They're still really good. Yeah, I'm stoked on that though. I'm thinking of. I can't decide whether I want to ride flat. 
See, I'm just kind of, I think I'm a little bit indecisive as a person. So I'm like writing three down because I can't decide between flat and anti. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, your setup makes sense when you explained it last time. Um, And and it. Yeah. What's that? No, go ahead. Oh, uh, well, it also depends on what frames you're skating. Like, uh, if you're. If you're a ground control rider, um, you know, the tri-rocker makes sense or the anti makes sense. That you're going to have... And if you do skate flat in frames with, like, a bigger groove, you have to give yourself some time to get used to it, and you're going to have to die a few times. Yeah. Like, uh, you're going to stick on a back royale here and there. Or you just... A good thing about going to flat, if you skate it anti or freestyle for a while, is the the limitation will expand your skating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, you... I mean, I'm thinking about going flat, but it's just every once in a while. I mean, I like front sides. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. you can still very easily do them in flat. Like oh, you're worried about like gritty San Francisco street stuff. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. It's a tough one. Yeah, so I'll just stay three. Put me in for six. <laughs> okay. We'll do the private transaction. I I was thinking about um how you said you've had this this change recently. Yeah. And um the fact that the best one for me that I ever had was just a little period where I didn't drink and I exercised a lot and I quit I quit smoking weed and um, felt really focused and that was the closest I ever got to like myself like the spiritual side and the health side and it is true that the shortcuts are great like mushrooms and, and things like that but if you can do it super clean and clear yeah do you, can you relate yours to a very specific point? It was it the quote that that Kranz gave you? Um, no, that was just a, another little tool along the way. You know, it's like you. I I mean, there are moments where you kind of bliss out, you know, um, and that feels great. But um, it's more just like I I just feel like you just learn slowly along the way or you learn quick depending on what kind of person you are and once you get to be a little I feel like being 28 now is like I'm happier than I've ever been you know because I've just learned a little bit along the way you know definitely I can relate to that um my I don't, I don't trip out as hard you know yeah I just I kind of know the way things work a little bit more. At least I have my idea and I go with it and I modify it based on what happens, you know? But. Yeah. Oh, I know all about that. I've had the weirdest feeling lately that's so hard to explain and I don't know if you can feel what I'm saying here, but I said it to my girlfriend the other day and I, when I look at footage or photos from the past... Yeah. My connections to the past seem so much more distant to the point that I can't even relate to the person. 
like where before kind of in my in my mid to later 20s I would look at photos and video and stuff and I would feel a little bit soaked in nostalgia or I would have more emotions attached to the past yeah and I feel so free from the past more free than I ever have and uh I don't know can you relate to that at all in your current position um I mean, I think the past is still part of me, you know, but, um, but yeah, like, it just comes down to being positive, like, regardless of what's happened in the past, you know? Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Like, it's just, and I feel like you're, the way that you take what happened to you, it's, I mean, it's always going to be with you, but if you can find a way to, like, weave it into yourself so that you can kind of walk a little bit and then, like, run a little bit, and then by the time you're running, you're, like, you got other reasons to sprint. Oh, and you can even put skates on and go even faster. You know? Definitely. Definitely. In in the in between time, so you, in from a skating perspective, Uh-oh. oh, am I breaking? Oh, you were. Do you want to? <laughs> am I good? You're good now. Okay. Yeah. From a skating perspective, after the shock video, you released two online sections, right? Yeah. Um. The the, the deal with it edit. Yeah, which um, which got lots of love, and then the second one, the second one, did you get more negative than positive, or was it split? I can't remember. I don't know. There was more negative. I mean, there was more negative than the deal with the one, for sure. And then so process-wise making those, did you know that going in? Yeah, well, process was totally different. Um the deal with it edit I was you know doing yoga like four times a week clean from tobacco weed and most alcohol <laughs> uh, pretty much clean yeah and, um, and fucking like you know uh, every spot every trick in that entire section other than one I'm pretty sure was uh, completely planned you know and executed you know it was like I was intense, um, I you know, and then the one the ground control one was um, <clears throat> I was I wasn't doing much yoga I was you know smoking and drinking, and like just having a good time, uh, partying and stuff, and also like going um, going to spots usually with a no warm up and just like kind of lacing shit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, and <laughs> not really giving a shit. <laughs> you know? So it's probably, it's probably like, um, and just kind of just doing whatever I wanted, you know, and uh, and just stacking clips still. And I did that thing for ground control, and I like both of them. Like, I'm like, you know, there's just different energies to both of them, you know, and it's ref- and I know why because it's reflected in like the way I was living my life and like what I was after with the edit, you know? And 
you know, a lot of the reason I did the ground control edit was also just to hang out with my friend John Hall. Because, like, John Hall is, like, the guy who filmed almost all of it, and he's not... He's got, like, a messed up shoulder, so he hasn't been able to skate for years, but he's just always been a great friend, and he happened to live in Berkeley and have some free time, so I went out there a lot, and he'd come to the city a little bit, and I just kind of, like, casually did a lot of that, you know? That's cool. So, if you could name the vibe of each one... What would you call them? Like, uh, just oh, okay. Well, from your gut, the two different vibes. Yeah. Well, it can't, the thing on my mind is yin and yang. Awesome. Yeah, and yang would be the masculine energy, which would be the one with deal with it. Where I was really like, basically, in that one, it's like. Um, you know, taking hold of the universe and trying to like will it to your your idea, you know. And then the yin one is um, the feminine energy, which is more just like allowing things to happen, kind of almost almost passively, um, you know, and like just accepting, absorbing, you know. And like, those are the two sides, I I guess. And then so uh, with the filming for Stay Fakey, what is the vibe? Um, well, Stay Fakey is also different. I mean, this is a um, this is a video where I'm you know I'm getting I'm covering an entire like little scene, our little scene, you know. So. Um, the vibe for Stay Fakey, I think, is just kind of the, it's kind of just, maybe it's just NorCal, you know, SF, San Francisco, there's, you know, that's us. And we're... It's like a local video. We're all going to benefit from it because we get to uh, watch it. Um, is there anyone else making videos out there? Yeah, there's always people producing. I mean, you'll get stuff out of Sacramento with Casey Bogosi and others. You'll get like um, you'll get the Shredweiser guys like tearing it up in Oakland, and um, you'll get like JSF. You know, everybody's repping JSF because it's like that's just the mother. And then there's like you know, then you got like a little history of like San Francisco bladers, and that kind of reaches back. I'd say to like Lennon and you know, the original crew, and they come from a different area, so it's all kind of like connected, you know. What is it about, I try and tell myself that eventually I might not make a rollerblading video, but I think I'm stuck forever making them, as long as I'm here on the planet, so where did that feeling of wanting to make a video come from? Um, well, actually... This is the first video that I've ever like had complete, you know, film, edit, produce everything, you know. And I, I think I, I wasn't really ready for it for a long time, but I guess I wanted to do it because I finally kind of felt like I had the confidence to, and and I had an idea that I just wanted to do, you know. And up until then, I just searched myself and I said, no, you don't have an idea. 
you know, go help other people. Help Sean C, help Tommy Boy, put in your input. But, you know, mainly just do your thing, Blade. But I finally I finally got to a point where I was like, Well shit, I need to I got an idea. You know? <clears throat> what was the first idea? It was it uh the the title? No. I mean I think the first idea was uh I, you know what I was like um I started filming like this kind of like what I thought was going to be like a 15 minute like documentary of just me in a, in San Francisco and I was editing it and it was looking really cool and I was exploring a lot of different editing techniques that I'm going to be using for the stay fakey video you know yeah and <clears throat> And I, you know, I kind of just was working on it and playing with it and thinking about releasing it, like, um, but then I was, you know, trying to figure out something that you could release online that would be more important than a section, but would still be online, you know? That's sort of like, yeah. Definitely. Just trying to make it matter, but still be online, right? W was this, uh... See it. We were talking about indulgent a while back being indulgent yeah that would have been some heavy indulgence <laughs> and so it shifted now that it's not going to be so much the documentary about you or a little bit of that might be mixed in well I think it's it's um yeah it's definitely shifted I just started to kind of like you know I just kind of realized that I looked around I was like you know what um, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who are really talented, you know, and these are also my good friends, you know. And I and I don't think anyone. And I think I'm probably the best person to document us and make this video, you know, because like you know, Pat's not around, Sean's in L.A., and it's just you know, I just feel like I'm I'm probably like the one for the job, you know. I'm older now too, you know, so. And I was like, do you have an idea? I have an idea. Okay, let's do it. Awesome. And I'm so excited to see it. And I f still, I fucking love the title. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's going to be, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to share it. I mean, it's not, I'm going to be making it for us, you know. It's like, um, and I hope everybody likes it, but um, I'm really, I'm really making it just for like a, kind of just to share with our families you know when do you know something like that's done because Todd and I have been talking a lot about that that I'm the type of person who always wants to film more and more and more and he's really good at saying like you know we shouldn't film too much because then yeah. you can start something new so do you know yeah. when it's gonna when when do you think you're gonna say okay well I'd like to re I'd like to release it by by April 19th of 2013. Is that your birthday? Yeah, that's my birthday. That'd be fun to release on my birthday. That would be really fun. 29th birthday? Huh? 20, 29? Yeah, I'll be 29. Oh, shit. But, you know, it's it's looking pretty good. Like, we definitely have um, a lot of good footage already, and I'm cutting up sections a little bit now. And uh, we'll see. You know, I'm not going to rush a good thing. So that's just, you know, that's just a little dream idea date, but you know, it's uh, on the way. 
Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, take your time. Yeah, take I'm definitely time. taking my time. I mean, the things you start when you're my age are things that you want to carry on into the future. So you want to start them right. Is the weather shitty from now until, I don't know, March or April in San Francisco? Is it like Vancouver weather? It can it can get kind of rainy, but, you know, the worst thing is that just as of like today was the first day I came home from work and it's already dark, you know? Oh, yeah. God that's, the, that's the worst thing time change <clears throat> but you know it's not going to be that bad because I've got a lot of um, a lot of stuff to do you know during the week that's not skating and, and I can just kind of hibernate a little bit during the week like laundry like laundry I've got I'm, I'm trying to you know just even just doing the editing for the video that takes time it's so hard to get myself to edit like after I get done working eight hours on a computer. Oh, yeah. I uh, there's a lot of people that still don't understand the invisible art of editing, especially if editing is your job, and then you go to edit a skate video. Stand up desk. That'll do it. Okay, stand up desk. I'm gonna write that down, Joe. Try it. Stack some shit. Like, uh, do you edit on a laptop or? On a laptop with a extra with another monitor. Yeah, I think if you were to separate the feeling of sitting at work and then maybe if you were editing skating stuff and you were standing, it uh it might separate the two a little bit. Editing's hard though. It's it's like drawing or or anything else where you have to start playing a little bit before you get into a groove. Yeah. Yeah. Um sometimes you yeah. may sit down for an hour or two and get nothing done. Yeah. But um there's that David Lynch thing he was talking about painting that apparently 4 hours is the magic mark to get into flow. I kind of believe that. That after four hours you should take a break? No, like uh, every once in a while if you edit for around four hours, mm. you can get into this flow state where you can get so much shit done for the next hour or two after the four-hour mark. It's happened to me. And uh, editing hungover too once in a while mm. works really well. <laughs> I have no idea what that's about, but... I've got a lot of shit done before hungover. Yeah. I I don't yeah. I don't condone it, but Yeah, I've been just trying to keep up with logging the clips and titling them and just I'm editing the sections as um they seem it seems like the content's kind of a closed item, you know. Yeah, yeah. Me- media organizations really important. I used to be terrible at that when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Naming, so do you do it um, per, like each person has a folder? Well, right now I've just got like one folder with all the clips in them and then all the, all the clips start with the person's name. Oh, that's a good way to do it actually. So then I'll just import. I could put them all in folders, but... Um, it's more fun to like scroll through that way when people come and want to see footage. 
yeah, yeah. You, do you have like a like do you from there would you go like intro folder or anything like that or do you do structural things later on? Well, right now um right now I've just got like a couple trip edits that are going to be in the video, you know. And um I should I don't know, right now I just like they they aren't that organized the trip ones, so I need to do that actually. Yeah. Um trips what trips can we expect if you're allowed to say? Huh? What what trips can we expect in the video? Like these are mixed sections? Well, yeah, I mean I can't give away everything. <laughs> okay. You know, we got to keep a little bit of, you know, you don't know what's coming. So, but I will tell you that it will be mostly San Francisco and, you know, uh Look out for local ripping San Francisco skate video. Oh shit! Um, let's go back to the Blading Cup and NYC Invitational. Have you? Is that what it's called, the NYC Invitational? Yeah. Did I get that right? Did you have any other conversations, or have you had conversations with with anyone lately about that shift kind of feeling? in skating um I don't know I mean not not about like I hear I hear it on your podcast and I feel it in the world you know but I haven't really have I talked about it mm, I don't know Marijuana just may have become, or it did get legalized on, in three states, like I said at the start of the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's fantabulous. Can you, like, that's big. <laughs> there has to be a shift happening outside of skating and inside of skating if shit like that's happening. Yeah, it's all, it's all connected. You know, it's like the same. I was, I was talking to my friend Jeremy Raff, who, um, who's like been helping me film like I have this new I have like a couple sections coming out this year online and one of them he's filming or he already finished filming but it's like but oh dude it's super sick I can't wait I think it's going to come out soon but um it's just skate park <laughs> it's like uh just just the just the Berkeley Bowl but um which is like the first thing I had fun skating on in NorCal, so it's tight. But um, anyways, Raph, it was like all the all the different um, uh, like like class differences and like racial differences and um, like all these different like things that exist in society that divide people also divide people in skating. <laughs> Definitely. And it's like it at the same time it seems like there's a solution that it, or it's a bubble that doesn't isn't a, impacted by that, right? Yeah. And like, you know, it's the same thing. It's like all the stereotypes that, you know, different skaters get defined by are all just like shit that's taken from the culture. 
there's a change like it if you can feel the change in skating though that there's still a lot of separation it seems like things are melting together a little bit more though in skating so that must mean it's happening in the world things right? are what melting together melting together yeah yeah um i think skating is in its present moment in its present moment yeah like skating is 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 awake for the first time right now i could agree with that definitely well it feels like that for me just my own experience of it is the best it's ever been and i've and i've I hear that a lot on the podcast when other people are talking about it. That that, that it's the that, that what about it? Well, just people's experience of it, they're they're having the most fun they've ever had skating. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to that's just happening all over. And I think it's just that because of the it's it's part it's partly generational like all these different generations are like working out their issues with rollerblading and learning how to love it again you know for whatever it can be well and there's people coming back to it too yeah coming back to it you know it's like and I think that it's like kind of this the, I think when rollerblading kind of hit that before it kind of what I'm saying it woke up it's like it's kind of just like this wild young thing that's kind of like seeking and like just exploding and it's just incredibly violent and insane and you know it's like being born or it's like first like experiences like with senses you know like thinking of skating as like a baby being born and growing up into adulthood you know Definitely. The amount of uh, of really uh, well done, unique, diverse visions of skating that you can watch on like a month to month basis. Like the amount of shit that you watch in a year now, it seems like seems like there's an acceleration of uh, inspiration and and influence and diversity that you compare 2000 to 2010 and then you compare 2010 to the current moment or even maybe 2009ish it just seems like there's been so much growth in a short period compared to the decade before it there like the decade that we're reaching on seems like it's going to be just compressed growth and not not from a financial standpoint, from inspiration and older skaters going in their own direction, people not worrying about being the best. Right. Do you feel like is that kind of related to the, what you were saying about skating waking up? Absolutely. One hundred percent. Like, did you ever have feelings? In I mean. What years did you not skate in specifically? I can't remember what was the amount of time that you didn't skate. Um, it was like I'd say really didn't put them on like I might have put them on once a year, you know, for two years. 
And then talking with other people, like even Tree in the podcast, he, you know, you talk to people that it seemed yeah. like there was a lot of people going through the same thing. And yeah. probably in your time when you didn't put them on as much, Todd and I have conversations all the time about like, there was some very depressing times where we were still skating, but we weren't happy doing it. Like, it, it seemed like there was some weird period there for skating. Work. Yeah, I mean, it might just be a developmental thing because if you obsess about one thing like skating for your entire childhood and whatever, adolescence, and you get to a point where I think a lot of people need to break away and they need to go see what's up with the world for in some in some other worlds, you know. Oh, and it's very important. They need they need to go on the hero's journey, you know. Fuck yeah, and to the influence that you can take from that and bring back to skating when the hero comes back home with look the elixir. At, yeah, and look at the OGs coming back, and then, and you know, look at um, the the Blade Cup. You know, it's like, it's you're seeing people um all these heroes journeys happening throughout rollerblading because that's just men growing up and becoming who they are and so many of them are coming back into the sport that kind of they honor as um the thing that gave them that maybe their confidence to step out into the you know their lives and you know they're giving back they really are and you placed Second, in and uh, was there an AM division or what? You... Yeah, um, I got second in the AM division, and I got sixth in the pro division. Holy shit! And then uh, it was Gavin was staying with you. Yeah, Gavin got Gavin got first in the AM division. That was the best part of the comp. Gavin, I the AM finals. <laughs> First and second. Did you make any jokes going into it that you guys were going to place? <laughs> I don't think either of us thought we'd make it that far. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Actually, Gav's got some... Gav's got, like... Gav's won... I think Gav's probably won a bunch of skate park comps. But I haven't. <laughs> he's from Australia, right? Yeah, he's like Blake Dennis, you know? Fuck. What is it about Australians? They're so good. Yeah, they really know how to skate tranny, too. And they're good styles. So many good styles yeah. from Australia. Like, distinct people. Yeah. I, I would like to say Canada might be a freakish version of that. But we're a little bit more quiet. We don't go to many things. Uh, Australians have always been... Uh, they've won shit forever. I think Australians are wild. Because when they leave their country, they want to go crazy. <laughs> 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 maybe if Canada was in a, like a further away like Australia was maybe we'd be more distinct but I, I've i had so much pride in Canada lately the yeah. stuff that's been coming from here dude, dude I'm really stoked on Canada like I'm thinking about maybe moving to Canada hey the, yeah. it'd be pretty awesome if you did although uh, San Francisco it would be a much different experience of skating but um, yeah, if you move Toronto and Vancouver, you'd be pretty set up for a good community of skaters. Calgary is awesome too. 
there's a lot of people that go to Calgary and and don't move. Yeah. But it, there's no mountains there, which is big yeah. for me. Yeah. Because mm. shop task now is Montreal. Oh, in Montreal actually. Never mind. We got lots. Of, shop task is Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, and then soon to be Calgary. So. Yeah. All we need yeah. is just our own skate company, pretty much. That. Dude, we, you guys are. You guys are like coming up like late in the game. <laughs> Like Canada's like a hot new scene, and they're really becoming influ- They're coming really influential to skate history. The people that have come out of Canada, but at this late moment, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I to think right, about. You're becoming Oh, skating's waking up. Canada's waking up. Huh? If oh, we dropped again. Are you there? Um, no. I can hear you, but it just seemed like we dropped for a second. Yeah, we did drop for a second. Yeah. If skating's waking up, then Canada comes with that. <laughs> Canada's growing up and burying its soul to the skate world or something. No. Wait, let me name off everything. So there's so much good shit from Canada. And even though so Richie and Dustin aren't in Canada. They're they, from Canada. They though. came from Canada. And uh, all of the stuff, when you think of it, it's so different from one another. Yeah. And then you got Leon Basin. Danny Beer. Danny Beer. And I'll say Danny Beer's a great skater. Like, you guys should all check him out. Like, um, But and Leon Basin just put out the best Power Blade edit to date. Definitely. And I'll tell you one thing. I hope you guys are all noticing that that top acid five out. The reason he did that is because he dug the big wheel into the rail so they could spin the five out. You thus using the big wheel on the trick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really cool. He did that. You uh, you have to come up and and skate with Leon. He's he's uh, he was the Israeli world champion or, or something like that he he's so good yeah dude i need to come film for the next um mushroom blading dude yeah definitely definitely after you finish stay fakey yeah i'm down um what else? yeah if you want to come if you want to come to sf man you should come open invite to any skaters who are down to come to my stoop and go skate houses there was a, there's been a couple ideas thrown around, but it'd be really hard to make happen. That um, Todd and I, and Richie and Dustin wanted to come down and skate with you, and make a video, but I, like we would have to make it in a short amount of time. It would be cool to try and see like what you could put together in a week or something like that. Yeah. If everyone yeah. had a week off, because um, you would know all the spots and there'd be so many weird <laughs> styles. Yeah, I mean, like that's something that that we could do for sure. Um, like, I'd I'd be totally down for it, you know. Leon, get Leon there too. I mean, you know, SF is. I'll say, I mean, that's it's SF is not 
an easy place to skate. That's one thing. I feel like Barcelona, the way it looks, it's so perfect, you know? Yeah. But that's not like that here, you know? What would I have to practice before I come to San Francisco? Well, I think you'd do well in SF, Joey. I think we'd want to set you up like downhills and just doing crazy slide spins and launches off curbs downhills. Fuck yes. I mean, the thing is, is you know when you do those UFO spins? Yeah. We need to have you going down steep hills doing those. What's in the... traffic? You know? Um, yeah, as long as I don't die. That's... But I, I don't think I can top Ben Weiss in. Uh, he's done by far the craziest San Francisco stunt I've seen, and he was holding his shoes. I think. Yeah, but isn't what is this whole top thing about anyway? You know. We <laughs> were over that. What What about uh, like the the grittiness of the pavement on the streets? Like, how smooth is it? It's various, you know. You'll run into different kinds of roads. And some of that shit, I think, is way steeper in person than it is on video, right? Does yeah. that That's a true if, thing? If you, guys feel in, if you guys feel inspired to come out here and film a, a video, let's do it, you know? Hell yeah. I'll, I know. I'll give you the key. I wouldn't give anyone the key. You guys, okay. That's, if there's a I political keep... party in rollerblading, we'd be in the same one. Just <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, well, I always think Mushroom Blading Volume 9 would be the one. Nine. I, mean, I love that number. The San Francisco video. And um, it would be... It would Dude, be... I want to come to Canada before that, though, and film with you. Well, yeah, because we're filming 7 right now. So yeah, I want to get can, in on when is seven going to be done? Well, that's where Todd and I I wanted to film for like two years, but I think we're going to film for one year. So, uh, probably you're uh, set probably about this time next year. Maybe I don't know. Depends. Is It'll it be snowing. Yeah, this is the thing: is that our filming filming season is pretty much done unless it's indoor or or rain covered or or you know covered spots but the yeah. the coolest part about um the mushroom blading series is Todd is moving back to Kamloops we're going to be living in the same town yeah um so prolific wise there's going to be a lot of stuff happening over the next while but he is having a baby but he's going to be in the same area. So, um, you can even come up here. Am I breaking up? Well, you're kind of breaking up, but I can hear you. Shit. So, there's going to be many opportunities, and we've talked with Leon more about um, collaborating more. So, we got to do it. Let's do it. I'm down. What's our political party called? Fuck, I have no idea. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be under the pressure of naming it. I do know we're all from the same party though. Yeah, that's that much is clear. I know there's some other people too from the party that Is it like Is it like the Green Party or something? <sighs> it's close. <laughs> it's close to that. It's close to that, but it hasn't 
clicked completely. It might be close to that. You know what it is? It's stay fakey, pal. Stay <laughs> fakey. Worldwide. <laughs> That's a good note to leave it on. Stay fakey worldwide. All right. Thank you, Kevin. In the future, yeah. you'll be a regular guest. So. All right, um, man. Take care. You too. All right. One love, brother. Stay fakey. Peace. Stay fakey. I said peace like peace. Okay, later. Bruce, stay fakey though, for real. I will. <laughs>